I was 27 years old. In fact, it was November 22nd. Um, I had just been released from jail. I was homeless when I went into jail. Um, I had my, I was, I was a drug dealer. And so I had some clout. I had some cachet. Um, and so I had all of my meager possessions stored at about three or four friends' apartments. Um, when I was arrested, I had no idea this happened, but I made the papers. And I made the papers in a, just a, a comical exaggeration of what had happened. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What is going on, all of you amazing, abundant leaders? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community, proving to you that you can have a life of abundance in family, faith, finances, and fitness, or whatever other category that you want to follow that into, and you can do that on your way to having more. Now, today we have a conversation with yet another amazing, abundant leader. Really cool cat. I'm going to bring him out in just a minute. But before I do, I'm going to give you the opportunity to be abundant in your life today by paying it forward and sharing men of abundance with others. It's real simple, actually. You see the podcast player you're listening to this on? Just look for three little dots connected with a triangle. Now, you may have to look around a little bit for it, but it's right there on the podcast player. And I'm listening on CastBox, so it's at the top, on the top right. You'll see three little dots connected with an arrow. You click on that, and you'll be able to share this podcast on community, Facebook, Messenger, Twitter, Instagram, in an email, and WhatsApp, whatever other player that you have, whatever else you're subscribed to, whatever platform, you can share this just one click. Just click on it once, and then write something if you want to, or just go ahead and send it. Another really cool way to share this podcast and others is to take a screenshot of your screen and then share that on your favorite social media, on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, and write a short little comment about what you're getting out of the conversation and then hashtag MOA or hashtag Men of Abundance. That'd be really cool so that I can find those comments and then I can share those on my platforms. One other thing that's really powerful for you to do if you're listening on iTunes or if you have an iTunes account, just hop it over to iTunes real quick. Hop on over there and leave a rating and review. I greatly appreciate that and I love reading through those every chance I get. So there you go. There's your way to give. There's your way to pay forward today. Be abundant in your actions today. Now our future guest today is a personal branding coach and audience growth strategist. He works with coaches, service providers, and entrepreneurs to explode their reach across social media and position themselves as true experts in their fields. And listen, be sure to check out the links in the show notes where you can find a copy of his book, The Tao of the Unbreakable Man, as well as the link to his exclusive Facebook group. Men of Abundance, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Manny Wolf. Manny, welcome to Men of Abundance, brother. How are you doing? Man, I'm good. Wally, we've been waiting a minute for this. A long, long minute. But we've been connected through, throughout the entire time. Where are you at in the world? Uh, I am about 45 minutes below Lake Tahoe in the Northern California foothills. And uh, God willing, we're just out of range of most of the sort of fire zones. And so it's a trip, man, because like it's, it's, just, a, it's just a small town, but it's like beautiful here. Yeah, you know, and the rest of the rest of California in the fall, everybody kind of puckers up, never knowing what's going to happen. And so far, it's like none of it has affected us at all. So I'm just, you know, you go on the news and you and it's like, oh my God, everything's going straight to hell in a handbasket. And I look out the window and it's like blue skies and birds mm. chirping. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I, I feel you, man. I like Lake Tahoe, man. I I spent some time down there 
growing up, I grew up in Phoenix, but we used to always drive mm-hmm. out to California and go out to the lakes out there and just absolutely love it, man. And I know what you mean about the, the news. I lived in Hawaii for 10 years and especially during the volcano eruptions and whatnot, people yeah. are like, Oh my God, are you okay? And I'm like, well, first off, it's not on my Island. Second, Big Island's like this big, and the volcano's mm-hmm. like right over here. <laughs> right, but the news yeah. makes it look like, yeah, you know, it's taken yeah. over the entire state of Hawaii. Sure, you know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the news works, man. Anyhow, enough about that. I'd like to start out with an attitude of gratitude, brother. What do you have to be grateful for today? Oh, man, well, like my my location, for one thing. <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, it's, I'm a... California boy, born and raised, but um, I, I mean, I just, I love it here. So there's that. I am, shoot, man, I got so much. I, I could do, a, I could, the whole episode could be what I'm grateful for. <laughs> I'm healthier now than I was in my 30s when I got sober. I have healed every significant dimension of my life from starting way behind the starting line, you know, emotionally, spiritually, physically, mentally, financially. Um, and, and I don't want to say something that we all say so that it's diminished without putting a caveat on it. But like, it, it really means something to me that I get to help people and serve people. In, in our space, Wally, we hear that so much that we can sort of tune it out. But and I know you're the same way. I mean, your whole your whole mission is about service. So for those listening, like like um, guys like Wally and I are really, really, it's profound for us that we can do that. Yeah. You know? No, absolutely, man. I mean, and it's been a pleasure to watch you grow and grow with you. Quite yeah, frankly, yeah, I mean, totally. we got connected. I'm, I was trying to find it here. I know it's been over a year. Uh, that we've oh, been long, yeah, it's been quite a bit more than that. Yeah, it's been mm-hmm. quite a while. And, you know, we are in the same circles. We're in a lot of the same Facebook groups. We've talked mm-hmm. a couple of times. Yeah. And where you've come from even just a couple of years ago is just yeah. absolutely amazing. And listen, guys, that's all we're doing here, man. It, man. Men of Abundance, we're trying to get you out of your seat and to grow into yourself and just become a better man tomorrow than you were today not better than anybody else who cares about Mm -hmm. that let that crap go um just be the better version of yourself tomorrow than you were than you are today and i'm telling you manny has grown by leaps and bounds i love it It, it's been i mean when i look (laughs) i look back on like you know the kid who had guns pointed at him the kid who who on thanksgiving day instead of going to eat thanksgiving dinner with his family he slogged about a mile and a half through a dirt field to uh, to break into a little convenience store that with his friend because we knew it was going to be closed for Thanksgiving. Like I was just a hoodlum, you know. I was just and a bum. And to look back on that now, and when people say to me, "God, I can't even imagine you like that," like, that's <laughs> so cool, man. You know, that's like yeah, it's like yeah. that's the best thing you could say to me. It's the best thing you could say to me is, ah, I, I, I can't see you as a as a hoodlum. Well, yeah, well, good. You know? <laughs> good, good. I remember those days, but you know, those days are what is what is part of our journey. We can't deny it. I don't, um, it's not something I'm proud of, but at the same time, and I d- wouldn't expect anybody else to go through that experience. I certainly know my boys will not go that, through that experience. Um, but right. yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a, interesting life that we grew up in and yeah, yeah, <laughs> it sounds like you you grew up very much like I did mm. uh, for sure I mean I started out in a trailer behind another man's house and then when my mom mm. divorced my dad um, she married another guy and we upgraded to the trailer park so you know it was it was so that you, kind of lifestyle you were like the Jeffersons you were moving on up moving on up <laughs> moving on up and then once I got old enough I moved on out man yeah I, I, yeah I left Many years ago. Anyhow, mm-hmm. you know, here I'm, we're going to get into your professional stuff. We talked a little sure. bit about it before we got started here in your bio. But here on Men of Abundance, we really like to get to know the man behind the abundance. So if you would, let's get a little bit more personal. How would you describe yourself? Um, I, I feel like, you know, that's an interesting question. And it's not one I want to give a BS answer to. Um, I feel like 
I, I, I sort of am living the, the, the really, really good side and sometimes the problematic side of wanting so bad to give as many other people as I can what I didn't get. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, because just a second ago, we were talking about uh, our childhoods and, and while I wouldn't wish that on anyone else, I, I don't regret it for a second. You know, it really, really shaped me and it gave me a strength and a forging mm-hmm. um, that, that I carry with me to this day. Now, I'm really, really fortunate to have worked very hard to put myself in a position where like I'm, I'm serving people and I'm watching the people I serve just have crazy success. Like it's, it, and we'll talk about that, I'm sure. Mm-hmm, but absolutely. the emotional and the personal side of it is, I mean, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating when I say it chokes me up sometimes, man. Mm-hmm. It, it can bring me to tears. You know, um, one, of my, one of my students right now has gone from never having more than five clients at a time. She only did one-on-one coaching. She's a tutor to filling up her 10 slot roster and having to open four group coaching programs, hire an assistant, an employee, and she's looking for another one. And she's still got a waiting list of probably 20 people right now ready to pay her as soon as she can open another program. Every time we talk, she's like, I'm so excited that it makes me a little sick to my stomach. (laughs) And she tells me this stuff, you know, she's like, I had no idea that, that what I did in my life could look like this. And, and it's like, that, that's, that's an example of being able to give what nobody ever gave me. Mm-hmm. You know, what I sort of, um, like a lot of us, I, I, I forged it on my own. I really did. And I'm not saying I never had any help, never had any support, but for every time there was someone in my life who believed in me, um, there were, for every signal I got that said you have value, there were a hundred signals mm-hmm. that said you don't. Yeah, you know, and so, so I think that's a a really deep core sort of truth of the personality of the guy I am. You know, um, I want to give people what I wasn't given. It it really really drives me. It really, at the bottom of it, beneath the money and beneath everything else. And, and guys, by the way, I'm all about the money. <laughs> I'm not one of those people who's going to downplay the importance of that side of things. Uh, but, but there's that, it, it's like scratching. I'm able now today to scratch an itch that's been in my soul since I can remember, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that was really what it was, was I want to know that through coming in contact with me, I'm helping people to, get things that again that i was never given like that is just yeah. a huge well and the beautiful thing about that is the real beautiful thing about that is is the ripple effect because you're helping people that are going out and in turn using their individual skills yeah and yeah. that is just you're helping them reach more people this is the beautiful mm-hmm. thing that you know when it comes to because I, I i'm just obsessed truly obsessed with marketing and business strategies yeah and you know it just angers me to the point to where, you know, I, I, I've learned to step back and just let that be. But when people are so suspicious of somebody who wants to offer something to somebody, and as long as it's, yeah. you know, something that they need, because mm-hmm. they truly feel that this is going to help them in their life. And I find this all the time because so many people have been burned. I finally just landed a client yesterday uh, that's a moving company that's been talking to me for almost two months. Yeah. And I, he's been burned. He's been spending thousands of dollars on marketing yeah. and paying for lead, buying leads and getting ranked mm-hmm. and Facebook and this. And I'm like, dude, I get it, but you're doing it all wrong. And, and here's some proof. And finally, he called me to say, say, here's my credit card information. Let's yeah. get going. And yeah. I'm just so freaking excited for him because I know where it's going to take his business. And I know what's going to happen to him. over the. And I have to have the conversation. I'm like, dude, are you prepared? to receive yeah. the amount of business you're going. I'm, I mean, I'm dead serious. You yeah. know, I got five trucks and this, okay, okay. We're going to take it slow. So, but my point is this, you're, you know, and I know you have the same thing because we, we've talked and I see you online and stuff. And mm-hmm. so many people are just, there's so much out there and you just have to grab a hold of the people that 
you resonate with and with the, you know, that are going to serve you the way you want to be served. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, there's so much in there, Wally. <laughs> there's so much in there, buddy. But just at the surface level, I, all of us who, who try to operate from integrity and offer a service can relate to that idea of the, of the sort of skeptical, the skeptical potential client, you know, mm -hmm. and it's because there are a lot of bad providers out there. And, and, mm -hmm. and here's another interesting thing. It's a little tangential, but we talked about going down rabbit holes. So what the hell, right? Yeah, let's do it. Um, one of the things that nobody talks about that's really, really important is the, um, like I was a martial artist for a long time and there was this joke, the, uh, you got your, your um, first level black belt is called a showdown. And then second level is Nidon or something like that. But you get up to fifth level, fifth degree black belt, and it's Shihan. And um, there's a thing in martial arts, in the martial arts world, especially the Western, like like making money from a franchise-based world, called spontaneous Shihan syndrome. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and what it is, is people who don't want to wait until they really get to that fifth degree black belt, which is a long haul. So they literally invent their own style and declare themselves the <laughs> the uh, the the king or queen of that style, right? Mm -hmm. And and you know then you can apply slick marketing and you can apply uh, uh, branding tactics, and um, you can you can start a franchise pretty quickly. Now, will your system be as good as the old tested and true systems? Of course not. It's ridiculous. Right. However you can bump yourself up there. And in our world, the equivalent to that is all of these people, like I was, I was in speaker coaching for a long time. That was what I did. What I saw was just the marketplace was crowded with people who speak, no idea, even if they're good, so they assume they can teach it. And the, the thing that we're missing is good teachers. Now you'll know this. Right. Mm -hmm. Even if the person, uh, good lack of good teachers creates skepticism in the marketplace. Even if so, you've got the people that are just charlatans, right? Yeah. You've got the people that are just like snake oil salesmen. Mm -hmm. That's bad enough. But then you get the people who they really want to help you. They just have no earthly idea how to convey the knowledge in a useful way. Right. You know. Right. I'm in one guy's that, They don't know how to market. They don't know how to get in front of the people and have that conversation with them. Yeah. And, and it's, it's like some kind of a double-edged sword or something because most people focus on learning the marketing if they do anything at all. But driving results requires good teaching. Yeah. I think I heard Robert Kiyosaki one time talking to somebody who was this, you know, very articulate, Mm -hmm. and and just great about language and writing and the whole bit. And obviously I'm not. Uh, and Robert's like having this conversation and she's, he says, you know, well, I have a best-selling, you know, multiple best-selling books. And she goes, I've read your book. It's crap. It's not written with, you know, the, the language is not proper. And mm -hmm. there's, and he said, I never said it was the best written book. Yeah. I said, it's the best-selling <laughs> book. Yeah. You can write all the best written books in the world, but not sell one of them. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. He's a freaking marketer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's an interesting case in point because it's it's coincidental coincidental that you bring him up, but when I talk to people who have gone to his seminars and stuff, the general consensus is it's pretty lightweight. Mhm. Mm oh, right? I agree. Personally, yeah. I think his books they're great on why to, but not mm -hmm. a whole lot on how to. Right, exactly. Specifically. That's my so, take on it. Yeah. So the second level of reason that there's skepticism in the marketplace is people who have done it, but just don't know how to teach it. If they knew right. how to teach it, they could get your results. Mm -hmm. So there's that old, those who can't do teach, but in our space, there's like the flip side of that is like, just because you can do doesn't mean you can teach. You know? yeah. no, and that, that's absolutely correct. I mean, and you know, there's so many more examples about that. And one example that I like to share in reference to this conversation about kind of the charlatans and people that haven't really done, but they're known as an authority figure, two that I know of specifically is Simon Sinek mm. and Mike, not Michael, it's Mike Gerber, Michael Gerber. Mm -hmm. Michael so, Gerber. so Simon Sinek wrote, you know, 
uh, leaders start eat last, why. start leaders with why, yeah. you know, all yeah. that stuff. He's never led anything. <laughs> What's he ever led? <laughs> right. But he's studied the hell out of it, and he's known as, a, as, a, as an expert in that space. Yeah. Michael Gerber has never owned a business, but he's written that- E-Myth. And he myth and he myth revisited. He revisited it and still hadn't actually started the business. Yeah. But my point is this: it's not really a hit on them. The fact of the matter is, they're very knowledgeable about the skill, but they're very good teachers. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people follow that stuff. And I think yeah. Simon has a lot of great points too, because he followed a lot of military around generals, whatnot. And I spent 25 years in the military. Mm-hmm. Leaders do, in fact, eat last. I sometimes went without. Because mm-hmm. my soldiers go first, and they got the lion's share, and I ended up with some scraps. Yeah, they're doing the work. You know, well, we're all doing the work together. But the bottom line is, we got to take care of the troops, yeah. and that's a, that's a fact. And there's so much more to that. But yeah, there's you know. So my point is this: in bringing those two guys up, is a lot of people out there they have a lot of skill. They haven't like. Football coaches, professional yeah. football coaches, NFL, how many of them have ever been to the Super Bowl or even played professional right. ball? Very few yeah. of them, but they're yeah. damn good coaches. Right. And so the point here then is that what we're lacking in our space is, among other things, is good teachers. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and most of the people that have the slick branding and have the, the slick marketing not so good at the actual teaching. Right. I'm in one guy's program who is unquest. I won't name him because he's unquestionably brilliant at what he does. But th- this guy is like, he's an engineer to the nth degree and he speaks just like an engineer. Mm. And so if you're not an engineer, there's no way you're tracking it. Everything he teaches is overly complex. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's multi-layered. And so I literally went through multiple assistants to just like, I'm like, just go in there. And if you can parse that course out and say it to me in layman's terms, you're in. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because because I will never figure it out. (laughs) I know. Exactly. No, I I know. You're either way over my head or you're just talking third grade to me and then you're just kind of insulting me. Got it. So we're going to switch shift gears here a little bit, man, because one of the things that I like to ask is that kick in the gut moment. And I'm sure you've got one or two, Uh, (laughs) and most of us have several. But if you would, share with us one of those kick-in-the-gut moments with us and really make us feel that. And then we're going to get into what did you get from that? What did you learn from it? And did it change the trajectory of your life? So you're looking for the one that changed the trajectory of my life? Yeah. I've got that one. I I was 27 years old. In fact, it was November 22nd, um, I had just been released from jail. I was homeless when I went into jail. Um, I had my, I was, I was a drug dealer, and so I had some clout. I had some cachet. Um, and so I had all of my meager possessions stored at about three or four friends' apartments. Um, when I was arrested, I had no idea this happened, but I made the papers. And I made the papers in a just a, a comical exaggeration of what had happened. They, I, I made the front page of the Chico Gazette or the Chico Tribune or the Chico whatever it was, because that's where I lived. And they framed the story as though I... <laughs> it's so funny if you could have seen me at that time. But they framed it like I was a drug kingpin. Hmm. I was just some kid. Who, who sold a little because he liked to do a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anyway, so they, they, they positioned it, and, and I would learn later that the reason they did that was to try to flush some other bigger players out of the bushes. Mm. Uh, I don't know how they thought that was going to happen, but anyway, so th- there's this story that implies that I'm going to be going away for two and a half, three, four years, a long, long time. When my circle <laughs> saw this, you know, people had strong reactions to it. I, uh, some of my best friend's parents saw it. It was, it was, it was a disaster. 
but one of the things that happened was a, a, a good friend of mine whose relationship with me had started to deteriorate, coincidental to me starting to make money as a, as a dealer. He went around and he told everybody who had my stuff that I had reached out to him from jail. I was going to be gone a long time. And that I asked him to go pick up all my things. He basically stole all my stuff, everything. Wow. So I've had, I've had one of those only the clothes on my back moments. I, I know what that feels like. And it's really crazy. Um, fortunately, I had some street cred. So I get out of jail after about two and a half weeks. And I go to one apartment and uh, ask my friend if I can take a shower. And he looks like he, he, looks like he just saw a ghost and slams the door on me and locks it. This happens two or three more times. Thinking on my feet, I call a couple of friends I know, uh, new, some really big farm, you know, corn-fed farm boys, and, and we kicked in a couple of doors <laughs> to get some answers. So, I mean, I literally, like, knock on the door, somebody peeks out, they slam the door, boom, kick the door in, find some answers. What I found out was who took all my stuff, and you know, you'll know this, Wally, there aren't too many genuine dyed-in-the-wool badasses in the world. Mm. But there are a few. There are. Right? <laughs> there are a few who are like the, the human incarnation of pit bulls. Mm. The guy that took my stuff was one of those. Mm. He's only about 5'9", you know, only, <laughs> only about a, 145 pounds, and he was relentless. And he was a true dyed-in-the-wool thug. So my point to that is I knew right away there's no just settling this once because my mind first went to, and it's so funny now, 23 years later, I wouldn't even think of that as my first thing. My mind first went to, I'm going to have to fight this guy. <clears throat> so it, he's not the kind of guy that, that it's over with one fight. Whether you win or lose, it doesn't end there. There's now a vendetta forever, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I'm scrambling and I'm talking to different friends, trying to come up with plans. And, and this was back in the era of beepers, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so as I'm panicking and, and nervous and I'm just in this heightened state, my beeper goes off. And I go into my friend's apartment and I say, hey, this is Manny. You just called. Well, the guy who took all my stuff just happened to be a black guy. The guy who called me was an extremely prejudiced, racist white guy who, who, and now, so now this thing that was an issue is now a racial issue. Mm -hmm. And this guy says, I'm coming down the hill. We need to talk. And this guy is another dangerous guy, like a legit, you know, I'm editing the story tastefully here from how I'd tell it to you across the table. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but so he comes down and this is where, this is where shit got real. He comes down and he, he knocks on the door and comes in says you good I said I'm figuring things out he says all right here he how 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 graphic can I be on your podcast oh open it up man be you okay he pulls out a big bag of drugs gets everybody in the apartment high including myself and says come on out to the car we got to talk so I go out to the car and he comes in the passenger side and he reaches in the glove box and he pulls out a revolver and the revolver has duct tape all over the handle. And it's so funny because the first thing I noticed is the serial number is on the metal, the metal plate that you then put the handle grips on, right? At the bottom. So it's like a, I don't know, snub nose, nine millimeter, a snub nose, 357 or something. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I noticed, even in the dark, was the file marks where the serial number used to be. I'm like, oh, okay, this mm -hmm. is what we're doing. And he pulls out another gun. And so now I'm holding a gun and he's holding a gun. And he basically says, here's what we're going to do. I'm, I'm going to, you and me are going to go find this guy and we're going to settle this thing. We're going to nip it in the bud before it becomes an issue. And, you know, this is like, I've told this story so many times now. The moment that I was having right there was... Uh, indescribable. It was different than any other moment I had ever had. Externally, I'm 100% focused on this guy. I'm dialed in. I'm playing the role. And inside, like all my preconceptions just shattered. Like I just, the whole identity that I had 
just it was like somebody threw a rock through a glass house. I mean, it was crazy. So externally, I'm like, okay, sounds good. Meet me at midnight. Let's go do this. I knew right away I had three hours and 17 minutes to solve this problem before this guy came back. Mm -hmm. I was thinking so clearly, right? Give him the gun back. He drives off. He's going to come back at midnight. Gives me the last of the drugs and says, make sure you're good. You know, we might have a long night ahead of us. I immediately got on the phone and started making phone calls frantically. And I vanished from my old life by about 10, 15 that night. Nobody in that town knew where I was or anything about me until Facebook. Wow. Yeah, I vanished. I was like Kaiser fucking Soze. <laughs> I was gone, man. And I found myself in the back of a CRX, two girls I had never met before, giving me a ride back to my mommy's house. That was it, man. That was the moment that led me to get sober. Sobriety led me to what I would call a ruthless examination of every part of myself. Like I, I just didn't leave any stone unturned. I didn't take no for an answer. I was like, I'm, I'm going to find out why I wound up in that situation. Yeah, man, you know, that's obviously the best decision you could have made at that point in time. Uh, Cause like you said, who you were at that point was going to change forever. Rather mm-hmm. you had ever gotten caught forward. Not really, not, you know, but I mean, yeah, you know, just caught on a couple of little things. Yeah. But on something like that, that's yeah. a whole different level because you and I both know people who have been into, have gone that far. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then some, yeah, yeah. Well, I know. I, I know yeah. for sure. I personally had. I do, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they're changed individuals uh, forever. Uh, some of them are still incarcerated, quite frankly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so still wearing the orange jumpsuit. But anyhow, man. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for sharing that, by the way, because that's pretty deep stuff. Uh, that's the reality of it. You know, we guys, as as I say all the time, you know, we all have our our past. And it just frustrates the hell out of me when somebody looks at somebody of their past and say, you know, well, and and you judge them based on that event that happened 23 years ago or Mm -hmm. could have happened 23 years ago or even the events that happened before that, because Mm -hmm. we all live and grow. Yeah. If you knew who I was back then, you hell, I still, my wife still, I trickle out things now and again, once in a while. She did not know who I was when we got married. Not really. She knew who I was at that point in time, but she didn't know who I was and where I came from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Where I've been, things I'd done, things I'd said Mm -hmm. that I'm definitely not proud of. But the point is, is, you know, I I had a conversation with um, Cameron Harold. Cameron Harold was, is, used to be the uh, COO of, um, 1-800-GOT-JUNK. He mm-hmm. took them from basically $2 million to several hundred million dollars. Right. And he's Canadian. He's from Canada. And I never knew that in Canada, when somebody is incarcerated and then they get released, they have done their time. There's no record that they've ever been incarcerated. That's not the case in the United States. <laughs> no, it is and not. And that's why, like a, like a buddy of mine, one of my friends who was incarcerated uh, for, for quite a while, he's a very, very skilled mechanic. Mm-hmm. He, I think it's, I don't know what the certification that ASC or one of the certifications, he can't get a certification to be a certified mechanic because he was incarcerated. Right. What the, and therefore he can't get the jobs that he wants. Right. You know, he has to go out and do his own thing type of thing. But mm-hmm. what the hell is that? How, how are you helping somebody move forward and move on with their life? If you put in those type of roadblocks in their way, it just yeah, doesn't man. make sense. Yeah. It, I mean, don't even get me started on that shit. Yeah. So anyhow, we're getting down another one of those rabbit holes, brother. <laughs> but yeah, it just, it just frustrates the hell out of me, the, the way that we do this type, you know, stuff here in this country, the land of the free. Kind of, I'm a veteran, man, and I love this country to no end, but goodness, we got a lot, lot, to grow, a lot of growing to do. Yeah, a lot to fix, for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Anyhow, you know, 
Yeah, again, thanks for sharing that. And so you've already shared a couple of good news stories about what you've been doing up at this point, what you're doing now. How did you get into doing what you're doing? I've seen some of the transition over the last couple of years, but yeah, how man. did you grow into what you're doing now and share some more uh, success stories from that? I love that story. So I uh, it started, it all started um, when I was sort of just still in that showing off for my, my wife, who was then just my girlfriend phase. And, you know, like I'm a storyteller at heart and I've got a lot of crazy stuff that happened to me. So it's pretty second nature for me to be able to just whip out a yarn and, and make the whole, you know, whole audience's jaw drop. And, and, and I did that with her a lot. It was, it's a great way to get a little bit of attention, blah, blah, blah. One day I'm telling her one of these stories and she just looks at me and she's got like a tear you know, building up in her eye. And she just looks at me and she's like, you have to write this down. I had been showing off with these stories for a couple of years now or whatever it was. And she's like, you have to write this down. You, you have to write these things down. And she just sort of cornered me. Like it really, like I didn't have a glib comeback, you know? And I said, uh, I always thought about writing a book, but I thought I would do it after I was more successful. And she said, are you kidding me? The fact that you're alive is a success. <laughs> you got to understand that. The fact that you're, after what you've been through, the fact that you're a committed parent and that you're even here at all and that you're not in jail or still an outlaw is a success. And I mean, I had nothing to say. I literally, Wally, I said, okay, all right. I went home that night and started writing. I finished the book that uh, this it won't be a video but if it was this video podcast you'd see I was pointing to my book I finished my book about eight or nine months later and the next question became what do you do with a book if nobody knows who you are right because mm -hmm. yeah. um, it became very clear very quickly that just trying to shop your book to publishing houses was probably not going to be the way to go mm -hmm. So I landed a 10-minute call with one of the, uh, the bigwigs from Penguin. I don't know how I did it. And he said, how big is your platform? And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. He said, your audience. I, said, I don't have an audience. He said, well, you've got to build an audience. That's, that's what you have to do. I said, what do, you, what do you suggest? He said, I suggest a podcast. Podcasting is a great way to build an audience. I said, okay. I promptly went and started a podcast. I did not in any way, shape, or form have the patience to deal with the editing and all the stuff that you know very, very well about. Yeah. So I had this little podcast and it was like a it was like an indie film, you know? <laughs> got, got rave reviews, but nobody'd ever heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> so but it did start me getting into the space, right? And as soon as I launched the podcast, people started messaging me saying, Can you teach me how to sound like you? I was like, what the? F oh, yes. Okay. The answer is yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yes. Mm -hmm. So I'll never forget the first money I made online. Um, guy said, how much do you charge for, for microphone coaching, for voice coaching? And I'm like, um, $397 for a month, <laughs> <You know? laughs> which, which I mean now, like that, that's funny, you know? Yeah. And he said, how do I pay you? I didn't even know about PayPal. That's how green I was. Mm -hmm. I literally had this guy drive to the, the Bank of America or the Wells Fargo, whatever it was, in his state, in his city, and deposit $397 into my account. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> and that was my first client. That's and amazing. So, I love that story. I love those stories. I'm, I'm training this guy. Now, in the time between getting sober and getting into the online space, I had studied singing, I had studied acting, and I had studied public speaking. And so I had one of those Steve Jobs connect the dots in reverse moments where I'm like, actually, you know what? I, I actually can teach people this stuff. I do know this stuff. So the short story is, is that doing voice training led to public speaking training. A lot of speakers were showing interest in, in having a more powerful voice. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a minute, I can, I can do all this. Like I've, I've, I've logged over 1400 hours on the stage in front of groups, you know, ranging into the thousands of people. I'm no stranger to being on stage and, and commanding the audience. I know how to do that. 
So I created a course. I started to market that course, started to sell that course, and started to become known as the speaker coach or a speaker coach. And all the while, people are going, oh, you train speakers? That's great. Can you get me booked? Right? And so I'd always say, I'll put together something on this. I will. And, and I mean, seriously, it took three years of me promising that. I finally put together something, and things went quickly into what I'm doing now. So here's what happened. Put together a 28-day Get Booked to Speak challenge. Got a bunch of people into it. Took them through it. Everybody got demystified and realized that getting booked to speak is just a bunch of hard work. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just a bunch of uh, tedious repetition. That's really what it is. It's prospecting. Yeah. So about halfway through the the beta program, everybody's getting, I can see the tiredness in their faces, right? (laughs) So I'm like, what if you had somebody to do all this work for you? How many of you would pay for that? And all the hands shot up. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm on to something here. That's an accidental, accident, accidental funnel right there, man. That's what it's it like, is. Put yeah. them into the work and they're like, I ain't down with this. I'll do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> and so I launched, like I got five sales on that call. I launched the done for you version of the service before I even had it figured out. So now I've got fast forward like six weeks. I've got like 55 people in this done for you service. And we're applying to gigs like crazy. The guarantee was we'll apply to 50 gigs a month for each of you. Now, knowing my own sort of numbers, I made, a, I made an assessment that if I applied to 50 gigs a month for you, that should yield about two to three invitations a month. Mm-hmm. But see, what I didn't know is the whole landscape had changed underneath my feet. And so about seven of the 55 people are getting about 90% of the invitations. Like it was really dramatic. Yeah. So we hit the 5,000 inv- uh, 5, application mark. 5,000 apps we submitted. And I said, okay, let's tear it down. Let's, let's see what's going on here. I went and I looked at everybody's profile and the seven people unanimously were well represented across social media. You could go to LinkedIn, you could go to Instagram, you could go to Facebook and clearly see that they were thought leaders, they were pros. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The other they had, 48, they had that social proof everybody's looking for. They had what I call a personal brand. The, there you go. More, yeah. That's more to the point. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The other 48 people, you know, like you got a picture from college, you're doing a keg stand. You're, you, you know, yeah. you're like, uh, I stand with dogs. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah, just, not, not going to do it. Which is really yeah. not going to do it. And so I had surreptitiously joined someone else's personal branding program on a lark, really. He was like, he was just rolling it out. And he's like, I'm giving it away at 90% off. I'm like, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was teaching me some really good stuff about my own positioning and how to do my own kind of work. And when I saw the difference between the people who had a good personal brand, and this is where you could tell what they did, whether they were good or not, you know, you get a good sense of them from social media. I just knew, I was like, this is what I have to help these people do. And so I put together yet another course on personal branding. That takes us to where we are now. And now I've got, in fact, I just got off a a coaching call right before this. At 10 10 a.m. today, I thought I had three students who had filled their their one-on-one coaching and moved into group coaching. I have four now. Nice. Who have too many leads. They don't know what to do. They're getting too much business. Mm -hmm. I've got one student who has grown his audience by 330,000 people in 90 days. He's been given a radio show. Collectively, my first group of people have built well over a million person audience. And what kind of, um, what are these vocations? What are the average vocations of Mm -hmm. these folks? Just to give the audience an idea. Great question. One of them is a tutor, a high school tutor. One of them is a narcissism recovery coach. One of them is a rapid transformation therapy specialist. One of them teaches accounting pros how to make more money in their business. One of them is a public speaking coach. One of them is a restaurateur. I mean, it runs the gamut. Yeah. 
And the reason why Wally is because I, I, social media is a funny thing, right? Because it's very casual and it can lull you into not realizing its power. Mm -hmm. And that, to you, that's not going to be revelation revolutionary, mm -hmm. but most of us, we don't really get that. Hey, here's this opportunity for free to reach potentially thousands of people. Yeah. And we don't take that seriously. Absolutely. So yeah. yeah. And so what the personal branding program does, well, first of all, it shows you how to multiply that thousands into hundreds of thousands. Mm -hmm. I've got well over a million person reach now. And I only shifted into this work full time, uh, started doing it for myself within the last year. Yeah. Yeah, I think I remember the transition when you started first talking about it mm -hmm. in the groups and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, you're, you're, I mean, you know me, you're talking to somebody who gets it like 100%. Mm -hmm. I bring up TikTok to some of my clients. They're like, who the what? <laughs> well, first, what is TikTok? And those who have heard of it said my daughter's on that. That's not for yeah. a tattoo artist. And I'm like, right. okay, let me, I pull up my phone and I show them a tattoo artist. It's got 18,000 followers and, and yeah. well over four, like 20 million views of his videos. And he's only got like... 30 videos on yeah. 60 second videos on TikTok. I know a guy who has a restaurant out here in Clearwater. He's mm -hmm. from New York, but he's got an yeah. Italian restaurant out here in Clearwater, Florida. He gets on TikTok and does his stupid little, hey, you, is that thing on? Hey, come here, check, look at this cannoli, you know, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Some <laughs> kid, and he, he got him on TikTok. He had this kid. He goes, come here, this kid right here, he's from Virginia. He made his dad drive from Virginia all the way to Clearwater, Florida, so they could eat at this guy's restaurant because he saw him on TikTok. Yeah. Tell me that's not powerful. That is freaking powerful, man. That's powerful. <laughs> you that's know? powerful. That's <laughs> ridiculous. It's I mean, just that's amazing. In a nutshell. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, it's extremely powerful. And I asked that question about the vocations because I want guys to understand that, I mean, your business, everybody says that won't work for my business. You know what? the way you were doing it probably won't work for your business because yeah. you're talking about strategy over your tactics over strategy, you know? Yeah. So yeah, the that's thing the kind that of I would get into. The thing that I would say to anyone who questions whether or not it would work for their business is, you know, the, the, the analogy is if you got a thousand people who know you, you'll have a hundred who like you and 10 who trust you. And out of the 10 who trust you, one will probably buy from you. Mm hmm. So would, would it benefit you to have 2 million people who know you? Hello. <laughs> it's a no brainer. Yeah. Yeah. It's a no brainer. I mean, we've got people who want to do uh, uh, like uh, brick and mortar style businesses and grow them with their personal brand. You bet, man. Let yeah. me show you, let me show you how to target all of your content to a hundred mile radius, 50 mile radius of your, of your uh, location, mm -hmm. you know? Um, mortgage lenders and real estate pros and people like that guys girls if that's you and you're listening to this you need to start thinking bigger than the town you live in mm -hmm. can you do business over zoom then you need to be spread as far as the laws will allow you to spread yeah. you know oh, absolutely. That's i know a guy who's reaching. a real estate agent in four different states that's what i'm talking about yeah and he does a lot of stuff online and he does a yep. lot of training too that's why he's made sure he got a license in all those different states, not only so he'd know the information, yeah. but he could actually operate in those states and show people, here's what yeah. I'm doing. And you're in your backyard and yeah. I don't even live there. Exactly. You know, exactly. So, all right, brother, we are going to shift gears again real quick and we're going to pay it forward to our listeners. You ready to do that? Hell yeah. All right. So share one to three actionable steps that men of abundance can take today. Yeah. I was hoping you'd say something like that. Here's what you can do. The outcome I'm going to give you is how to reach potentially, literally hundreds of thousands of people for almost no dollars. Step one, if you don't have a business page, for God's sake, start a business page. Step one, that's step one. Step two, create simple, easy to consume content. And I'm talking videos that are like a minute or less. Publish one each day on your Facebook page. Set up a page, start to publish videos on it. Don't overthink what you put on the videos or anything like that. Just get you out there. Step three, 
you yourself or hire someone. This would be an easy, quick, one-off hire, probably cost you 50 bucks. Hire someone to create an audience for you that is about 20 to 30 million people big. Uh, it can be, I would always suggest, depending on what you do and what you want people to know about, you know, I would suggest for most of us that are coaches, you go US, UK, Canada, and Australia. Just the big four mm -hmm. markets, just pick them all. As long as you can actually serve people in those markets. Um, you find, you have somebody set up an audience for you that is about 20 to 30 million people big that is filled with people who are very likely to respond to what it is you do. For me, my audience is coaches primarily, right? Coaches and service providers. And mm -hmm. so I have an audience about 30 million people big that reaches the US, the UK, Canada, and Australia. And it targets coaches. I target by income. I target by, you know, all these things. Do those three things and just stay the course. Boost the content at a dollar a day. So we're talking one video each day at a dollar a day for, say, 20 days per video. Now, there's much more to it than that, but Wally asked for three actionable steps. Three actionable steps you got. What you will find is within 30 days, you will easily have an audience of 30 to 40,000 new people. Here's what's cool about that. Once you get them from your page, you can send new content directly to them. Facebook automatically tracks those people and puts them in what's called an audience for you. And again, there are multiple levels above this, but just start with that. You follow that for 60 days and I promise you, new people will start to come into your world that you'd have never met before asking to work with you. Yeah, I love it, so man. There you go. And one of, the, one, of the, one of those key points I will reiterate is to mm -hmm. hire somebody it doesn't cost much to do the stuff within Facebook. You have no business going into Facebook trying to figure that stuff out. It's zero ROI for you. It's mm -hmm. a lot of time wasted, in my opinion. No, you're right, man. Somebody who It'll, knows what they're doing, let them get in there. They'll do it in a couple minutes. Yeah. You'll be pissed off because it just took them just a couple minutes, which would have taken you days, if not weeks, to figure exactly. out and still get it wrong. Yeah. So I'm, I'm speaking from experience over here. Right. Uh, what are the rituals that make the biggest impact in your life, Manny? Every morning without fail, I read my uh, definite chief aim and I run my fingers across it as I read it. I then turn around and I journal. I then turn around and I read a little bit in, uh, in, in a professional book. And as soon as I'm done reading, I create an email to my email list summarizing what I just read. Then I do a live stream. That's my morning ritual every day. Wonderful. What does that do for you? Well, it reinforces my goals, my definite chief aim, what I'm, what I'm about, what I'm going to achieve. It makes it real. It, the journaling gives me clarity on daily direction, or sometimes it's reflective, but usually it's like, what's going to happen today? Uh, the live stream creates my content for me for the day. My, my team then repurposes it. And uh, uh, creating the email each day, I'm about halfway through having a one-year nurture sequence, which would make most people just throw up. Guess what? You got to write 52 emails. You know? <laughs> oh God, no! Yeah. Uh, so I'm just doing it as part of a routine. And so every time somebody comes into my world, I have 52 touches with no pressure. You know, so it does a lot of things for me. Yeah. It focuses me, it motivates me, it clears my mind, it, it touches my, connects to my audience, it creates my content. And by 11 a.m., I know if I don't do anything else that day, I've still killed it. Yeah, that's absolutely, it. And, and the compounding effect of that is absolutely amazing. And the part that I really like about that is that you, you're reading something, you're writing it down, then you're teaching it, you're sharing it with somebody else mm -hmm. through an email and through live mm -hmm. content through a live video, and the best way to learn and master a skill is to teach it to somebody else. Absolutely. You only know a subject to the point to where you can teach it to somebody else. So that's absolutely brilliant, man. That's huge to be able to do that. What, and speaking of reading, what are you reading or listening to that you would recommend to our listeners and why? Yeah, man. So right now I'm reading Tribes by Seth Godin. A good one. Uh, it is a good one. It's, it's, it's really anecdotal. I didn't expect that. 
it's just little sort of anecdotal examples of why it's important to step up as a leader and what that looks like. And just like his blogs. I mean, his blogs, the ugliest blog in, in the history of blogs. Yeah. But it's one little liner sometimes, you know, it's yeah. crazy. But it's that are super insightful and, and yeah. on point. I'm also reading Outwitting the Devil, which is amazing. Mm, just, I haven't read I that mean, one. I know about it. I haven't, I haven't read that one. Yeah, that it's 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 a it's basically taken everything Napoleon Hill learned and 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 crystallized and then taught and putting it in a conversation with an imaginary you know antagonist and it's really good. The story I got was when he wrote it back in the day it it was ahead of its time and would not have been very well accepted back that then. That was the fear. That was the fear. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That was a thought yeah. process for uh, that was that the thought had. process. Yeah. Exactly. It, it makes sense. Interesting. So what do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance? Oh, great question, man. I, I feel like uh, to borrow from outwitting the devil, um, I feel like it's a lack of accurate thinking. Yeah, you know, it's, that. it's, That's a new one. That's a good it, one. It's a laziness of thought, man. You know, because everything starts with thought, right? Stephen Covey said there are two creations to everything, the mental creation and the physical creation. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I coach bright people, bright people, and they're still getting caught up in all this minutia and bullshit and irrelevancy instead of just taking action. <laughs> Guess which four people in my, in my, uh, of my students are taking the most action? The ones that I told you about who are filling their programs and have a waiting list and have to open group programs. Yeah. You know, I heard a joke. Uh, can't remember who said it. The, the difference between uh, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, right? Magic Johnson soars through the air. He's putting the ball behind his back mm -hmm. and everything. And he's making two points. Larry Bird just walks up, puts it in, walks away. Yep. Right. Those are the people I want, actually. Mm -hmm. I want the Larry Birds and not the Magic Johnsons. I want the people that say, I go, look, go do this. And they go, okay, done. What's next? Yeah. You yeah. Know, go do That's this. That's a great analogy, man. I love it because I used to be that, that arrogant little bastard that thought he knew every damn thing. And I wanted to be in front of everything and be the center of attention. Now I'm just like, look, I give you this information. It's yours. Don't ever tell anybody who, who gave it to you, you know, type of thing. I just don't need the limelight anymore. You know, yeah. kind of, that's just not how I run my business anyway, but yeah, but yeah, I get it. That's, that's very cool. I love it. So what does being a man of abundance mean to you, Manny? For me, more than anything, it means uh, really showing myself the world and, and all the people who doubted me that mm. that you really shouldn't underestimate me. <laughs> yeah, that's a great feeling. Yeah. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful, man. Brother, it's been a great conversation. I had no doubt that it would be because we always have good conversations anyway. It's just this time we recorded it. And yeah. uh, what did we not talk about that you want to ensure our abundant leaders get out of our conversation today and how can we get more of you? Yeah, man. Um, I would say we covered everything pretty nicely. And then I'd like to invite everybody who hears this, who wants more to come and check out my Facebook group. That's really what I do. I'll, I'll provide a link. It's easy to join. Uh, if you're awesome, if you're not awesome, it's hard to get in, but if you're awesome, it's easy to join and you will love it in there. Yeah, and, it, and, and it, I'll add, if you're a faker, uh, you'll be found out and oh, you'll yeah. be kicked out. Yeah, we'll, we'll sniff you out right away. <laughs> yeah, real, real quick, real easy. Too easy, brother. We're going to have that linked up in the show notes. Make sure you provide that to me. And guys, make sure you go there, click on that link, get into Manny's Facebook group. It's absolutely amazing. And it's and it's ever evolving. And I love it. I just love the way it's growing. So uh, again, Manny, great conversation, brother. Greatly appreciate you. I appreciate your insights every day, whenever I get a chance on Facebook and I'm on because I'm not on all the time. But when Facebook mm -hmm. alerts me that uh, there's only a handful of people that when Facebook tells me they're on live, I jump on live. Nice. Uh, just so either I can uh, play along or heckle you a little bit. Yeah. Um, Whichever. One or the other. <laughs> <laughs> well, brother, it's been great, man. I greatly appreciate it. Go out, live your life of abundance, and keep paying it forward like you are, man. It's making a huge difference. Thanks, brother. All right, guys. Instead of an action step today, I need a favor. I need another business coach on my team to help me handle the exploding demand for business coaching services. 
Since I've been doing this for the last couple of years, one thing that I've found that many business owners have a problem with is finding more clients. Business coaches are exactly the same thing. They have a hard time finding clients. I don't have that problem. In fact, I get in contact with more business than what I can handle. So I'm looking for two to three business-minded people that have been wanting to be a business coach and I'm going to train at my own expense the right individual with a passion for wanting to help small business owners become successful. There's no travel required unless you want to. I personally don't travel. Well, at least not for business anyway. And if you or someone you know is interested in being a business coach, then I'm going to put a link in the show notes of this episode. That link will take you to a four-minute video that will explain what I'm looking for and the requirements for you to get the opportunity to work directly with me so that together we can ensure that the small business owners, the backbone of our economy, are extremely successful. Now, go out, live your life of abundance, and guys, make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.